So I have a cold, and I just got back from my honeymoon, so we're going to change things up this week. Sound good? You're a new man. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. So, the most important news, I don't know if you heard about it, is that there was a hurricane. Oh my gosh! <laughs> You're about the third or fourth person to have that reaction. (laughs) Like, I was very aware of this, and I didn't make the connection at Uh all, and now I feel terrible. No, 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 you're fine. Um, So what was interesting about it was, like, you just didn't know what to expect, you know? Yeah. Disney was very late in communicating anything because they don't want to overcommit to closing things when they don't have to, right? Mm-hmm. So all the forecasts by... So we had been there a week, right? So we had gotten there on a Wednesday, and it was the following Wednesday that the hurricane was set to hit at some point during the day. Um, We actually got kind of lucky. It was looking like it was going to be just terrible the entire week, and mm-hmm. just the way that the hurricane moved and however it did its thing, that didn't really end up happening. We got a little bit of rain Tuesday right around dinner time. And then Wednesday they closed down all the parks. They announced that Tuesday around 5 p.m. But we and nobody else in the resort, other than maybe people who had been going to Disney for 40 years when the last time they closed for a hurricane was or whatever, probably didn't have a good idea of what was going to happen. Right. The biggest concern mm-hmm. is just like, I mean, I assume the building is probably pretty safe. You know, I didn't feel worried about that. Uh, but what's the deal with food and drinks? You know, mm-hmm. are people going to go crazy trying to buy up all the little snacks and sandwiches that they have in the little market in the hotel? What's the deal? Right. Yeah. So we ended up buying enough to be comfortable enough for a couple days. Like if we needed to, we could have just eaten the various sandwiches and cereals and snacks that we got and wouldn't have needed anything else. Uh, Luckily, we didn't end up actually needing all that. Like Wednesday, the storm didn't really hit properly until maybe 5 or 6 p.m. And even that was just the front of it. Like it was enough that they finally closed the pool around like 4 (laughs) p.m. It had been open all day, even though it was raining and kind of gross out. Um, And then it wasn't until maybe 9 or 10 p.m. that we finally started seeing some lightning. Uh, It had been windy the whole day, and it just kind of kept steadily increasing. But then, uh, you know, the the most recent forecast that we had seen for the path of the hurricane had it going right through Orlando. Like Mm -hmm. a dead hit. Mm -hmm. And it had been... Also shown, though, that it was probably going to be decreasing in strength as it went that way, as one would expect. Typically, when hurricanes go inland, they lose a lot of their power. You know, it was a Category 4 when it hit the shore, but it was supposed to be downgraded to, like, a Category 1-ish by the time it got to us. Mm -hmm. And so we wake up. The power's on. We don't really have many alerts going on. Like, the usual alerts, like, we're in the area, so there's lots of, like, various flash flood warnings, all this sort of stuff. But immediately in our resort, you look around and it's like, oh, there's a lot of leaves on the ground. And there are some puddles on the sidewalks. And the volleyball court outside is flooded. And that was about it. Mm -hmm. And then we looked online and sure enough, the map 
that now showed when it was very close to Orlando, it just hit due east and then north, and it like skirted around the corner of Orlando and didn't hit us directly at all. Hmm. Uh, so we ended up like you know they had, they had announced the parks would be closed Wednesday Thursday because they knew that's when the storm was going to hit, and then presumably I mean by one p.m. on Thursday. You could just go walk around. It wasn't raining anymore. It was a little windy, but not too bad. Mm-hmm. And so presumably they just had people out at the parks by then cleaning things up of whatever happened. And we went to Magic Kingdom again on Friday. And you couldn't tell that anything had happened other than like a couple more rides were closed throughout most of the day, presumably due to some damage that happened, um, whether it was water related or whatever. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, it was like, it was beautiful outside. It was just kind of back to normal. It was very weird hmm. and very lucky. Wow. Um, yeah. So You didn't miss your cabana day, did you? We did. That was the Wednesday that the storm hit. That's what I thought. No. Yeah. So we had our first break day the Saturday that we, the first Saturday. So we, you know, Wednesday we got there, we checked in. Thursday, Friday, we were at Magic Kingdom, then Epcot. Saturday was mm-hmm. our first break day, and then we had parks on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday was going to be the next break day with the cabana. So that got canceled, you know, Dang. got refunded. Uh, it kind of sucks, but we made up for it with, uh, so Thursday was supposed to be our last Epcot day and Friday Magic Kingdom day, and then Saturday would just be the travel day. Mm-hmm. But then what we did, because it was, the parks were closed on Thursday, is we, ahead of time, decided, look, our flight out on Saturday isn't until 6 p.m. So how about we move Mm -hmm. the Epcot day to Saturday, and we can at least spend the entire morning exploring all of that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did. So Friday, we did pretty much everything we wanted to do in Magic Kingdom by about 1.30. And it was beautiful outside, like not a cloud in the sky, low to mid-80s, very low humidity. So we just left Magic Kingdom at one thirty and spent the rest of the day in the pool until like nice. 6.30, I think it was, when we finally left to go get ready for a late dinner. Um, so, we didn't, so we didn't get the cabana itself, but what Aaron pointed out is one of the assumptions of the cabana is the pool is going to be busy, the pool area is going to be busy, and so having a day where you just have this one location that you know you have to yourself to hang out is really mm. nice turns out pools weren't that busy like the entire parks were not that busy which is how we planned it we assumed three weeks into the school year is a quiet time and it was and yeah there were people in the pools but it was never crowded you know like at all mm-hmm. so we could just kind of do whatever we wanted and like it would have been fun to have that cabana day but ultimately, Erin also enjoyed the fact that the hurricane on Wednesday meant she just got to sleep as much as she wanted. Which, after mm-hmm. like a week of getting like, you know, 20,000 steps a day at least, uh, <laughs> that starts to wear on you. <laughs> yeah. So, especially the kind of walking you do around parks. So you're not like walking in a good, solid, exercise way. No. A lot of the steps, you're just kind of ambling and whatever, and I think that sometimes puts even more stress on your back or your feet because you're not really doing things as you would otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we made the most of it. It actually worked out pretty well. 
good. Well, I'm yeah. I'm glad to hear you kind of A got through it and B got through it without really feeling too interrupted or Yeah. Uh not interrupted. Uh deprived. Deprived yes. is the word I was looking for. Yes. No, we were amazed at how well everything went our way during the honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to express how well, like, you know, our travel planners had put together, a, you know, a suggested itinerary for each day mm-hmm. of like, you should go early to the park because there's about a half hour where each park is only open to resort guests. Mm-hmm. And so that's when people typically try and get their first line up for the one ride that they really want to do and then get that out of the way. And so we did that for every single park <laughs> the first few mm-hmm. days that we were there. And that gets tiring, but we but we made it to each of them. I think each time we probably thought, oh, there's no way we're showing up early enough. And no, we were the first like 20 people in line, which on the scale of within 10 minutes, the wait is going to shoot up to an hour yeah. is really good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did all that all of our lightning lanes just worked out perfectly um because the rule is if you recall they've changed it a little bit so now you have to pay a fee for the ability to use lightning lanes each day mm. it's like 15 dollars per person per day so just another little way to like not technically raise park tickets but fleece people for a little bit more money but it was our honeymoon mm-hmm. so we happily paid the money to be able to cut line uh but the rule is each time you choose a lightning lane you can either you can get a new lightning lane either when you use up the one you currently have or when the uh, time since your previous one has been at least two hours so let's say you pick up a lightning lane at 9 a.m like that's when you select your lightning lane but it's not until 12 p.m. right it's not until noon mm-hmm. then you can actually get your next lightning lane for another ride at 11 a.m. Oh. conversely if you're a little savvy and you kind of get there early enough and in our case it's not that busy we did a lot of you get a lightning lane at 9 a.m. for a ride at 9 45 and you just go do one mm-hmm. other thing and then you go to that 945 one. The instant you check in for that 945 one and you're waiting in the little line to get down to the ride, you just pick your next lightning lane for, that's like, you know, half an hour to mm. 90 minutes later. And you just keep doing that all day. And we did that successfully at pretty much every park and did everything we wanted to do. And at least in our first four days at the, each of the four parks, we did not wait in like a single regular line at all wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> made us very spoiled but <laughs> i was gonna say you really gamed the system there well we played it you know uh, maybe you f- did get deprived of something you got deprived of the experience of waiting in long lines well we did wait in a couple long lines so tuesday okay. was, was our one day at universal and we only did harry potter stuff that's all we wanted to do and they mm-hmm. have a new ride there um, so the previous ride was called like Dueling Dragons or Dragon Challenge or something like that. It had several names. Um, and now mm. it's Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure. Very good roller coaster. Mm. Uh, mm. But there's no... At Universal, they have Express Pass, which is different. It's more expensive. Mm. 
and it's not like lightning lane you don't schedule you just show up to a ride and you get in the express lane Mm -hmm. um but they don't have that for hagrid's so the only way to do it is to wait in the proper line and we got there relatively early and but still had to wait an hour for the ride and here's the worst thing Disney has perfected how to string you along in a line to make it feel like the ride has started earlier than it has. Where they will put you in a room and have something go on and then you get led into another room that adds to kind of the plot point of this whole ride, you know? Mm -hmm. And even though you're still just essentially waiting in line for the real main thing to start, you feel engaged throughout most of it, especially the first time. And Mm -hmm. you're fine doing that. At Hagrid's, they had basically nothing. (laughs) So it took about 20, 25 minutes until you made it into the sort of castle area. Like you're just outside this whole time and then you get inside. And then about five, ten minutes after you're inside, you go into a room. They crowd you into a room and they play some video explaining the context of the ride. Like what's the storyline that you're experiencing on this roller coaster? And Aaron and I, trained by Disney, thought, great, we're like at most 10 minutes away. And it was another half an hour at least of lines, like, zigzagging them, obscuring where you actually were in the line until we finally got to the stupid ride. And luckily the ride was really good, but man, was I really annoyed that they only had one thing in the entire line to, like, capture your attention, and it was, like maybe halfway through the line depending on where uh-huh. you started so that was a little annoying Ugh. but a very good ride um other important things about this um trip you may know about me i'm not sure if you know this about me that historically speaking i am not a rides person mm-hmm Growing up, when my parents took us to Camp Snoopy and then later Nickelodeon Universe, my sisters would go on the rides, and I would go to the arcade. And that was that. Mm -hmm. I went on my first roller coaster ever the summer before 10th grade on a mission trip to Kansas City. I basically got bullied into doing it by my older sister, Mm -hmm. and I did not enjoy it. I was very scared, and she was making fun of me for being scared. And then didn't go on another ride until the Disney trip for marching band. And at first, mm-hmm. I chickened out of several rides. And finally, with Aaron, I went on Space Mountain. She convinced me to go. I was very scared of that. But I did it, and I thought, oh, this was pretty fun because there's no big drops. It was just going fast around turns. And my body can handle that. Mm-hmm. And then I did... Pretty much every other ride in Magic Kingdom and Epcot at the time. And was pretty good with it. But then this trip, leading up to it, Aaron was harping on, Look, I really want to get you on Rock and Roller Coaster. And my big thing with roller coasters are, I didn't want big drops. And I didn't want to go upside down. Right? Mm hmm. But Aaron got me on Rock and Roller Coaster. And luckily, because it's Disney, 
They do not add a whole bunch of stuff. Going upside down is the main thing, and you do it so fast that you don't really notice. You're being pushed up against the tracks because you're going around the curve so fast that, yes, I know in theory I'm upside down because I'm keeping track of where I am in space, but I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm upside down, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I enjoyed it. We actually did that ride twice. And then Aaron was telling me, well, hmm. the scarier roller coaster is actually Expedition Everest in Animal Kingdom. So we went to that one where a big part is right at the very start of the ride. You go up and you reach a broken part of the track and then you spend a bunch of time going backwards in the dark. Uh, there is a relatively big drop, but I did that one and it was pretty good. I survived. Um, actually earlier, so there's a new ride. There's a Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster called Cosmic Rewind. And the gist there is as you're doing the coaster, first of all, they're playing fun music. They have six different songs and each time you ride it, they just randomly select a song to play for your your like roller coaster car so that's fun mm-hmm. um but all Erin knew about the coaster because she hadn't been on it either because it was new was hey apparently people get like motion sick on this like after the ride they have like sick bags and places for people to sit down it's a it's the disney's first reverse launch roller coaster and also the cars spin 360 degrees Ah. So this is all I was told, right? So I was most scared for this one that entire day, and we almost didn't do it. Because Aaron was like, look, if you want it out, like, I'm not going to be, like, uh, you'll be fine. Like, I'm not going to be upset with you if you don't decide not to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. But we went and did it, and ended up being our favorite ride. <laughs> because nice. the reverse launch was scary the first time. Because, I mean, you've been on Rock and Roller Coaster, right? Yes. And you know, like, the initial launch is just they accelerate you out of oblivion? Yeah. Right? Cosmic Rewind, the Guardians one, is like that, but backwards. Okay. So you start, we were in the first car, which I was like, or no, we were, yeah, we were in the front car, I think. And then it's like, oh... You know, you're kind of going around a little curve slowly as they, like, do this story. Because what they're doing, the entire time you're on the ride, there are huge IMAX screens. And they're, like, telling the story of the ride literally in front of you as you are going along the ride. Mm -hmm. And so the initial part is, like, a very slow introduction with a screen. And then you feel your, you notice, oh, I am now backwards. I am now facing the people who were behind me. And then the launch happens. And it was really scary because I assumed in my roller coaster brain that that launch is going to immediately end. Like I'm, I'm backwards. I can't see what's going on. And I'm a, I'm very afraid that there's going to be a drop at the end of this. Yeah. Luckily it was not a drop. It (laughs) went into like an upwards curve. There was no upside down on this one either. Um, And also the way that the cart spins, like, yes, it spins, but it's not spinning freely. It's spinning according to like a design you know yeah and the way that it spins is that it mostly spins you i guess against the turn or with the turn so like if you're going around a turn you're not parallel to the track you're like or 
You're not facing parallel to the track. You're facing orthogonal to the track. And so most So like of the... all the G forces are like pushing your back into the seat? Exactly. Okay. Which is way more comfortable. And they do it so smoothly yeah. that like, yeah, you feel the G forces, but you don't like it's just so smooth and it's actually a really fun ride. So we did it once yeah. the first time and then we managed to do it twice the last day. So yes, perhaps the biggest plot point of the entire honeymoon is Aaron got me on a bunch of roller coasters. Um, the plot point. Yeah. I mean, it was a big thing. Like, once I got through the like yeah. the first those few days of like Magic Kingdom, I knew all the roller coasters. Like, I know I can do Space Mountain. I know I can do Big Thunder. Like, not a problem. Um, mm-hmm. There's a new one called Seven Dwarves Mine Train, and it's like Big Thunder, but less fun. Like, it's half the length, I think. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. At least it feels like it. So I did every single ride. I knew that, but then. The Guardians of the Galaxy one was at Epcot the next day, and so that was like, ooh, super scary. Mm-hmm. And then did it, and it was mainly just like we had bad information, and it's actually one of the smoothest rides there in terms of roller coaster, and really fun. Um, <coughs> and then it was okay, rock and roller coaster. You got Mark to go upside down, and I actually enjoyed it. And we did it again, and then Expedition Everest, which Aaron said was the scariest one, and did that one. So after all this, I had like texted my sisters, very proud of myself. And they were like, well, so are you a roller coaster fan now? And it's like, no, I'm a Disney roller coaster ride fan. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because the next day we went to Universal and I did the Hagrid's one. That one was crazy. The setup is you're on a motorbike with a sidecar. So one of you is like sitting on a motorcycle and the other one you is sitting down on the sidecar. And so I asked Aaron if I could be on the motorcycle part because I thought it would be easier for me. And I'm glad I did because they accelerate you like crazy several times into really sharp winding turns. And you can like lean into them like you're actually riding a motorcycle or a bike or something. And that helped a lot. How do they harness you down on something like that? Well, lean is kind of relative. I kind of made my brain think like I was leaning. Okay. Like I was harnessed uh no no that's right no i was just harnessed on the lap yeah it was just a lap harness for me so i actually could lean my torso with my arms back and forth okay uh, there's no upside down here either it was mostly like at worst you were almost getting parallel to the ground on a really sharp turn you know on like a fast turn uh-huh uh, but the two but aaron and i didn't know anything about this ride so the two elements that surprised us was one you go you're going fast, you go around a corner, there's a bunch of fog, and then you go, you're suddenly going up a big hill that has no track at the end of it, so you have to sit there and contemplate the fact that we're about to be going backwards for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but luckily, I had because it was just a lap harness, I could turn around and anticipate the backwards turns. Uh-huh. So you go backwards, and then you suddenly go into a little cave area, you slow down, it's Devil's Snare. Which, if you remember Devil Snare from, I think, Chamber of Secrets, they have to, like, uh-huh. use, like, a light spell to, like, cast a bunch of light, and then it lets them drop. So, sure enough, mm-hmm. they cast a light spell, a bunch of light turns on, and then your track drops down, like, straight down to meet up oh. with another track. Yeah. So, that was very unexpected. <laughs> 
Uh, but anyway, so I did that roller coaster, but then we start walking around and again, we were just sticking with Harry Potter. So there was not any talk of going on any others, but you look at like the incredible Hulk coaster or something like that. And yeah. it's like, no, I, I know that. I'm not a roller coaster fan. Cause at least right now there is no way in hell I'm getting on that thing. Uh huh. That is not what I am here for. Mm hmm. So. Do you think the story driven aspect of any rides like makes you enjoy it more? Or do you there think needs, it's irrelevant? There needs to be something for me to focus on. So with the Guardians of the Galaxy one, uh, the reason I really wanted to do it again was because I told Aaron, look, so our song was Conga by Gloria Estefan. Uh, mm. <laughs> so good song for a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, very catchy. But I was so worried about the coaster and what it was going to be doing next, especially since the downside of the fact that we were in the front and the thing was spinning is you couldn't always tell what was coming next. And so I was very mm-hmm. worried because I didn't know, is there going to be a big drop or just something that's going to really freak me out and catch me off guard? All I mm-hmm. did was listen to the music. So I left the ride and was like, I know there was something going on. I could hear the voices of the characters trying to tell the story, but I heard yeah. nothing. Um, so for me, it's like, I just need that thing to focus on. Same with Rock and Roller Coaster. The first time I did it, I just like spaced out and focused on the Aerosmith music and that's Mm -hmm. all I did and just let everything else wash over me and so the picture is the first time on all of these rides of me is like almost a dead (laughs) stare with my mouth closed (laughs) because I'm not trying to enjoy the thrill of it I am trying to ignore (laughs) the thrill of it so I can just survive the roller coaster and understand what's going on yeah and then on subsequent rides I was able I knew that nothing on there was really gonna throw me And so then I could actually enjoy everything that was going on and like look around and know that I'm not going to get sick or anything. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not predisposed to motion sickness. It's not, it's not the concern of like, Oh, I know that I get motion sick all the time. So a roller coaster is a bad idea. It's just Mm -hmm. that I've never been on roller coasters to test my limit. Like I'm not predisposed to it. Just doing regular life. I don't go in cars and get motion sick, but having never been on roller coasters or being upside down or going backwards stuff like that i just don't know what to expect Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's the story driven part helps but mostly it's because it gives me something specific to focus on versus if i were to go to like valley fair and just ride a roller coaster where all i can focus on is other people screaming around me that's gonna be a little bit harder for me i think Mm -hmm. at least for the first time once i survive the first time then i think i can manage most others although still no big drops that was the one thing i told aaron you are not getting me on tower of terror Uh, (laughs) that is the (laughs) one isolated feeling that i know i i absolutely hate because anytime my stomach drops out even like little ones on roller coasters i hate it yeah i get i just feel immediately anxious like more anxious than i ever feel doing anything else and then it passes Uh but i just hate it in the moment so much yep so Fast, tight turns, all good. Big drops, no thank you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I I have to ask. Yeah. So it was, the, the main arc of the story was roller coasters. <laughs> I would say so. Were there any uh, side arcs involving food? Mm. Yes. So the main side arc involving food was we ate ourselves sick because... Almost every single dinner that we ate 
was the quality of dinner that you would only ever consider going out and doing every few months. Yeah. Where we did that almost every single night. Uh-huh. And there are a few exceptions, but yeah, we ate at fancy places. We got free dessert at every single restaurant except for one. Coral nice. Reef at Epcot, I'm looking at you. Uh, because they give you, uh, when we checked in, we got buttons that said happily ever after. And then the hotel attendant <laughs> wrote underneath that honeymoon. And so it took us a couple days of walking around to get used to uh, cast members, as they call their employees. Yeah. Uh, so quick, every time we walk by, they'd look at us and say, congratulations. It takes a little bit to get used to that. <laughs> yeah, I the bet. Most, the most egregious of this was when uh, a guy named Dale, who is a guy probably in like his 50s, a very... Uh, a very colorful, fun character in theory was talking with us in line as we were getting ready to go on star tours and, you know, saw our buttons and was like, oh, honeymoon are so exciting. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we all pack into this little theater area that star tours takes place in. And he says, oh, I have to uh, go close these other doors. I have to go to a control panel out over here. It's going to take me 15 seconds. But we have honeymooners with us, so you all are going to sing Happy Honeymoon to them. Are you all ready? Happy oh, Honeymoon. And then he walks away God. and everyone sings to us. Oh, no. Which was the one funny part of that was when they got to the part of the song where they're supposed to say our names. And <laughs> no one quite knew how to handle that. Uh, but yeah, so that was the, that was the worst case scenario of the celebration, but, and congratulations. But other than that, it was mostly nice. It got us free food at places or free dessert specifically at pretty much every place we went. Yeah. So food and congratulations due to our honeymoon were two other main side plots. Yeah. Okay. What was the best of the free desserts or were there any, there were especially uh, good most of them were cupcakes which okay. all good cupcakes but most of them were cupcakes um i think one of the best ones was our first night when we weren't even getting dessert in the first place we weren't planning on it and then they came out with it it was a a mickey mouse mousse or not mousse it was what would it, what would you call it i don't know like a really thick mousse torty kind of thing i guess like it was just a a, a dome you know, like a half sphere yeah. of this thick chocolate stuff. And then two uh -huh. little thin chocolate mouse ears. Okay. So that one was good. The most impressive was our final night. We went to a very fancy steak dinner in our resort. And mm. our server came back with a multi-layer little cake thing that Aaron did not like because it had a coconut cream frosting on the outside, which Aaron hates. Ah. Uh, but it was that plus two glasses of sparkling wine. Ah. So in in terms of presentation, that one was probably the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, any of them was just like, oh, st eventually we were sort of expecting it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, especially near the end. But uh, it was funny that only one, and it was like the, the third place that we went to, did not. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Even the place, like, so our first day in Magic Kingdom, we ate at Cinderella's Royal Table, which is the restaurant inside the castle. 
Oh. Which is what another situation that gets a little awkward when they try to speak overly formally. Which is yeah. cute when it's like parents and they're like five-year-old kids yep. who are into it. But when it's two adults who just got married and <laughs> the server comes over and is basically required to refer to us as Lord and Princess. Uh... That gets a little weird. Uh but this was a fixed price meal, so we were getting dessert regardless. And that dessert that we got as part of the meal was like easily the best. It was like a huge mousse truffle thing with like a praline layer and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And it came with a side of hazelnut chocolate gelato. Mm. Uh, easy, easily the best dessert that we had, I think. Uh, but then he also came back with a cupcake with two candles on it. Oh, it was very cute. Nice. Yeah. So, so yeah. would you say you had an enjoyable time? Uh, I would say that. I would. Mm-hmm.